Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Time to sweep up and grab that broom. Welcome to the Doom Room. I'm Alex and I'm doomed. The bell tolls for whom? You, because you're in the Doom Room. I'm Justin and I'm doomed. Hey, I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 7, Therapy Patrol. And I certainly need some therapy after this harrowing, introspective episode of television that we're going to be talking about Justin, were you about to say something? You look like you're about to say something. I was going to say, I thought this was our therapy session. I feel weird. Oh, uh, yeah. I have a bunch of topics to cover. We're out covering Doom Patrol's therapy. 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 Pete. I got you right at the end there. Now, if it's been a while since you've watched the episode brief bit of recap, but over the course of a Rashomon-style storytelling, <gasps> we find out about everybody's mornings. Film we school. get flashbacks oh, about school flag saddle <laughs> yes i have heard of a movie wow they uh, we Flex. find out more about everybody's childhood we find first. out more about their trauma in the present and ultimately cliff sits everybody down to talk through their problems but it turns out it's all because he has a rat in his head at the end of the episode uh and not, not just that, the the rat is working for mr nobody yeah so admiral risk whiskers not just admiral any kind whiskers, of just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. A big episode. I love this episode. I love the structure here. I love the way it plays out. I love that insane only Doom Patrol could do a twist at the end here. But what did you guys think of this one? Well, do you think that this episode implies that the uh, only way to really do therapy right is to be rat tattooed into therapy <laughs> the way that Cliff is? Oh, man. I think because that's so. what he is literally rat tattooed here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love there's okay. I'm going to mention something that I love about the Admiral Whiskers reveal beyond the whole just reveal, which I think is super fun. And something that I do quibble with that I just I'll get away at the top. So Pete and I hopefully don't fight about it later. And it's Thera weighing on me. Therapy. Therapy. <laughs> the I love that they set up this hole in his arm last episode when yeah. Silas Stone was operating isn't exactly the right word, but popping that thing out. So you don't even think about the fact that he has this big hole, this big chunk chink in his armor right now, uh, but that's exactly where the rat gets in through. And I think that's really nice setup. On the other hand, 
it's frustrating for me that mm. when Admiral Whiskers is watching his other rat friend get run over by his the mom. bus. It's his mother. What the fuck are you mother, talking his about? Mother his mother rat, rat friend. You guys are Jesus Christ. Ooh, I refer point. to my mom as my friend. Good point, Pete. Don't forget, Alex's best friend is his mom. So, of course. <laughs> a boy's best friend is his mother. Nothing problematic has ever come from that statement. I've seen two movies. Yeah. <laughs> How was your mother-son bachelor party, by the way, oh, before you got God. married? Oh, I Don't. can't talk about it. What That's... happens at the bachelor party oh, stays at the bachelor what? party. In any case, his mother gets run over, are you guys happy now, by <laughs> the Doom Patrol bus. And I love that moment, but it bums me out. That that didn't happen a couple of episodes earlier. Like, if you go back and watch the footage of when the bus is pulling out from the first episode, that would have been a great point to have, like, a rat get flattened there or, like, a rat on the side of the road. And given the pace of streaming, that is something potentially they could have done. And they just did not for whatever reason. Wait, wait. So you're upset. Wait, 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 wait. You're upset. That mm-hmm. the rat wasn't killed in an earlier episode. You're Wouldn't upset. Wouldn't that have been great, though? Like, if you <laughs> yes. had that moment was there inexplicably, and then they came back to it later and explained it. And also, oh. similarly, maybe they were getting this down the road. I honestly don't remember. But I think that's Admiral Whiskers fighting with the cockroach in the third or fourth episode or whatever it was. And I think that's something that we potentially could have looped back to as well. Again, this is something that you could do with a streaming show that you're all filming in advance and you're all planning in advance. I don't know exactly what their schedule is uh, or was, I guess, at this point. But it just bums me out a little bit that that happened. It doesn't take away from it. I think it just would have been a really nice addition. Well, and I think that's that's a fair note. But I think we are – the fact that they were able to set up the hole in Cliff's arm and then use that so effectively here and mm-hmm. that felt very – like we're criticizing them for some I, like next level. They're yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's a above. fair note, but it's but, definitely – and it, it, it would have been interesting and cool for I agree. sure. Yes, exactly. I yes. agree. It would but be I talked to my best friend about it and she agreed. But, okay. All right. It's funny. I'm I actually, hope she didn't my die in front. Of, I hope you're. She didn't die in front of your eyes. I actually call Alex's is. mom my best friend too. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I can't believe we haven't all hung out together. That is so weird. Is she trying to keep us separate? That's weird. We got to check. Well, you know, it's hard to combine different friend groups, especially mm-hmm. when you're so uh, close with. Do you? This is knows. a totally random question. Do you call her Bobby as well? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. This is therapy suddenly, by the way. <laughs> we have we have arrived at this being That therapy. didn't take long. Yeah. And yes, I do call her mommy. <laughs> Shout yes, out to Admiral, uh, yes. Justin's mom, in case she's listening, by the way. I don't know if she listens to all of our ancillary podcasts, but she yes. does listen to our main one. So shout out to my mom, and of course, shout out to mommy. <laughs> who 100% definitely will not listen to this podcast have Good. no idea it exists no matter how many times I mentioned it <laughs> Good I, I don't I think that's the right attitude to have when it comes to yep. podcast Now getting back to Admiral Whiskers again how do you think he reached this title and is he really in the navy or is he just <laughs> calling himself Admiral Whiskers Pete you're our naval expert that, yes. respond oh, I, sorry, I, Pete's I, an I, expert I, in belly button <laughs> I don't uh, to... <laughs> oh right, and oranges. Yeah, um, right, exactly. Uh, anyways, I, I, you know, sometimes a, a title is given, sometimes a title is earned. Uh, I'm hoping uh, we'll get more, and we're gonna find out. Uh, like the cockroach that we got a little glimpse in. Maybe there, it would be fun if there was an Admiral Riskers, uh, you know, cockroach 
uh, booger showdown. So uh, who knows? There's a lot of fun that can happen in this show. I love how insane it is. This app, even though you think you understand what's happening, Mr. Nobody just comes in and sprinkles a, a little bit of goodness. Uh, yeah, and uh, and Mr. Nobody's right. The show needs him. You know, like when he is not there, it, you can feel the absence, and it was just so refreshing. And what a relief because it was uh, pretty. It was pretty sad app until the kind of the twist. It was sad, but as we were talking about with the last episode where it was serious and I feel like a little bit of the humor was lacking in that mm-hmm. one, Doom Patrol Patrol, here it's even sadder, arguably, the stuff that we're finding out about the different characters, but I do think it was really, for the better, broken up by a lot of humor throughout it. It was very funny at the same time, and I think that's the right balance for the show. Well, I think the the sort of premise or structure of this episode really worked to help keep it a little bit lighter. Like, we were moving through these stories um, and coming back to them all, uh, we have the Rashomon thing of Cliff getting in the fight with Cyborg, and then just them being together, sort of doing group therapy, but really just heckling each other, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, is that therapy, by the way? Because I'm already doing well at it, in general, across <laughs> the board in my life. What I really liked, and this is, uh, I think we should get back and talk about each character individually, because we do find out so much info about each of them, even uh, irregardless of the therapy session, but what I really liked about the therapy session is, beyond everybody heckling each other, that Cliff is, uh, in my opinion, doing it selfishly. Like, he, he doesn't realize it because he's being ratatouille, as we talked about, but He's doing it to make himself feel better by finding out everybody else's terrible secrets under the guise of therapy, right? Was that your interpretation as well, or did you look at it differently? Oh, interesting. I didn't think of it that way. I mean, I think he was like, um, he was trying to definitely just stop himself from wrecking yeah, everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he was like, let me just fill the, my day with their problems um, because his relationship with Jane, I feel like he did want to get some stuff out of it. But if with the rat at the wheel a little bit, I think it was him just f- pushing off as much of his uh, badness as he could. Mm. Interesting. I also think uh, well, that like um, Jane's sort of uh, idea or justification at the top of the episode that they need to solve their problems to face nobody is great. And yeah. mm-hmm. nobody knows that, it seems, and agrees that if they can get past their shit, they're going to be a real threat to him. That's why he sends his uh, lieutenant, Admiral Whiskers. Um, <laughs> do you think his name is Admiral, or if it is, is it, is it a title? It, it mm. kind of seems like it's maybe a Rita Farr situation where he's like, as he's, he's like, my, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. He's like, hello, my name is Admiral Riscos. You killed my mother, prepare to die. They literally oh, that do is that same not... structure of that line. The with the Admiral Whiskers. Yes, yeah. exactly. I thought what you're going for with the Rita Farr thing is the thing at the beginning of the episode where she gives a stage name, but yours was much more complicated. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the Admiral was kind of giving himself that name and title to maybe kind of uh, get himself psyched up for the moment, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm hoping there will be more <laughs> with Admiral Riskers. And, uh, but we'll I don't know if you know this, but you can name your ch- children anything. So you could name your own child Admiral or General or Bulldozer, yeah. and then that's what people would assume they would assume. Rocket Scientist, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At a yeah. certain point, they're going to start thinking you're a G.I. Joe character, but do whatever you want, Pete. They're your kids, you know? Hey. 
Yeah, exactly. If I ever have kids, maybe I'll name one barbecue. We'll we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, like, that's thanks, really funny. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, this like, is hey. why mommy is my best friend. <laughs> hey, <laughs> shipwreck, get over here. Naming your kid barbecue uh, is truly a curse. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we talk about each of the characters? We start with Rita Farr and her section. As we mentioned, we get a flashback to her giving her stage name and also a little bit of the root of her issues, which is self-esteem issues of literally holding herself together as she turns into a blob, falls into the vents, uh, eventually into the furnace, uh, and she's just crawling along saying the person who deserves this is me. And like you said, Pete, it's really sad when we're watching this. Yeah. At but the same it's, time it, as, yeah. it's interesting because there is this thing of like, she's saying like the person uh, who is breathing is me. The person with two arms is me. But when it's like, you know, when she was saying uh, the person who is breathing is Rita Farr, like it wasn't working. Like she's really trying to come to grips with who she is. Like that whole, like, Maybe I am a ball of slime. You know what I mean? Like, and there was that funny moment where she was like, I can eat this whole damn town if I want to, you know? Um, but uh, yeah. Wait, wait, I did want to mention one thing before we get too far beyond it, though, is the point is she's not Rita Farr. That's not her name. That's right. not who she is. She became Rita Farr. She became this personality. Right. And that's what she's lived as for now decades. So I think it gets to the root of whether, and she does clearly realize this at a certain level this episode she needs to get back to whoever that kid was before she met the old starlet in the dressing room yeah she sort yeah. of like allowed her identity to be overwritten by it seems like this woman edith singer who's the star and so she's been you know identityless her whole life so of course she's having a hard time holding her form physical form together it's a an algae of her emotional issues and um the the mantra she keeps repeating is the saddest part because she can't she can't even land on an actual the mantra keeps transforming like she's yeah. just having a hard time keeping it together yeah, yeah. and the uh just one other thing about rita when we eventually get to the therapy section i loved her line i was stuck in a furnace and nobody could hear my <laughs> screams and i think cliff was, responds something yeah. like wow what a great metaphor, metaphor and she yeah. was like it was a literal <laughs> furnace <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's That's like, really even better. Yeah, like, it was like, <laughs> Very fun. Yeah, the uh, whole Cliff's interjections was unbelievably uh, so inappropriate, but also so hilarious in this kind of therapy session. I mean, it, it, it was the fact that he's, he yells out gay when Jack Trainer is saying, like, I'm, oh, my God, it was just. Larry Trainer. Who's Jack yeah. Trainer? You keep saying that. I'm so curious what Jack Trainer is. I don't. Um, I thought. I don't know. Are you mixing up John, his boyfriend, and Larry, and coming up with Jack? Is that what's happening? Or know. do you love I'm... the movie Jack starring Robin Williams? <laughs> <laughs> or are you thinking about how in England they call sneakers trainers, and you got to be real jacked to run around in them? You got to be super muscly. So. Yep jacked trainers that is true about running you have to be so jacked to ever run that's oh it's that's what i did a quick google search and it's um jack trainer is Harrison ford and working girl that's why it's so uh... <laughs> well <laughs> you've seen a movie too yes i have you know what Pete? it's funny i believe that because you are you're a rom-com guy yeah yeah 
Uh, but it, this is a perfect transition to talk about Larry, um, whose whole sequence here I thought was great. Really enjoyed this one. Yeah, so what we get here is a flashback. A first in 1935, we see everybody as kids throughout their flashbacks, but the main thing is him with John, and there's sort of this interesting mixed-up thing of it's John, they're in the flatbed truck again, all the details are wrong, as Larry points out, but it's also kind of the negative spirit at the same time, right? Yeah, that's... Which- that's what's upsetting is it's like you always are talking about how you don't know how to understand the being. But when you're going to this dreamlike state, it seems like you guys can talk. So it was kind of like, all right, yeah, you're upset about the details. Fine. But like, hey, you guys are talking to each other right now. This would be a good time to be like, what's your deal? Oh, what's your deal? Like uh, uh, share a little bit. And it was kind of like the the light being being like, I wanted you to admit this thing. And it's like, OK, that's. That's beautiful, but also a little messed up. Um, but yeah, just a very em- emotional roller coaster all over the place for this. Well, I and I just loved the way. I mean, we get to see this sort of crisis that Larry has when he's a kid. He gets caught with another boy, and he overhears his parents being like, "Well, mom's cold as ice." Yeah, very not cool. Oof. Um, and I think that's where the implication here is that that's where he first started, like internal being internal and getting caught up on this like negativity. But then the sequence with John in the truck where he has to keep redoing it because Larry's negativity forces him to get caught up on all these like little details. And John's like, John slash the light being is like, hey, you're missing the good part because you're caught up on the color of the truck. Like, come on. And I just I love that lesson. I love the way it was shown and not really told. Like it was just uh, this whole section was great. I thought. Yeah, it sounds like a nice sunset. (laughs) <laughs> it was nothing like you ever a, seen a the nice sun set it goes away what yeah no. it's scary i actually it's... fall asleep at 4 p.m tops so <laughs> yeah, I, i've never actually true. seen a sunset wow. it's so hard to schedule anything with you what time do you eat dinner <laughs> uh 3 50 <laughs> just a full <laughs> dinner puts him out jam a full pizza in my mouth and go straight to bed oh that's healthy never never tried running good relationship with mommy no questions about Alex. This therapy <laughs> session is going really well. I, like you guys were saying, I love all the stuff with Larry. I think all the stuff that he's developing as well with the negative spirit is great. And I think it points to, even though the therapy thing is literally a joke in this episode, they are overall in a very different place here than they were when we first met them in episode one, where they're at least understanding that they have problems, something that they were ignoring for decades in that first episode, in the pilot, and most of the episodes leading up to this. So particularly for Larry, it's a big step, and that's exactly seemingly what the negative spirit is pushing him towards, is just recognizing that he has issues, and that's the first step to dealing with them. Exactly. I think that's the big takeaway from this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, why don't we move and talk about Cyborg, then we get a quick flashback to him dislocating his shoulder as a kid uh, and being worried about what his dad is going to think. But most of it is taken up with the fact that now that he has seemingly complete control, he finds out that his dad has been hiding a lot of stuff from him, including all of his Tinder-like cash notifications, which cash, which is a dating app. uh, And... He just starts chatting with Mimin and having a good time until it goes wrong. Uh, there's a great exchange in here where one of the women asks him to say booyah. Oh, says, I laughed. So, se- yeah, I laughed really hard at that. Yeah, he says, I've never said booyah. That's a Teen then, Titan shout out right there. 
It is. And Grid says, you said Booyah 31 times since the accident. Uh, I think also, if I remember correctly, again, this came out the same time as the Justice League movie, and there was a big deal about Cyborg has to say Booyah in oh, the yeah. movie. So this came out at a very similar time, which I remember being fun. Hey, DC gets it. There's no way they don't misinterpret any of their characters in any of the different pieces of media we've seen. So what did you think about this then? What did you think about the cyborg section and what he eventually learns, if anything, here over the course of the therapy session? It would I mean, suck it... to be in pa- uh, parental mode for your whole life. Like, and, yeah. uh, obviously, not Alex, me, not I you. You're, <laughs> you're... I'm having a great time. <laughs> you're... You're... Right? Any racy right, image? Right, mommy? Oh, she's there. She's just, she's just off camera. Oh, nice. Oh she texted God. me. Um, that's cool. I'm going to see her after this. For We're going to get some lunch. <laughs> uh, I'll be asleep. Yeah, I'll you'll be, be asleep. I'll be it's a late lunch. Asleep. Yeah, after she puts you to bed, she usually pops out and we go get lunch or it's a happy hour. <laughs> nice. That's really nice. How, far, how much further nice do you want to talk about that? I really what? would I'm not like sure. To... We're definitely <laughs> on the edge here. Yeah. I gotta be honest. It's against <laughs> let's, let's uh let's change gears. If I could uh, the Vic the th- <laughs> the Vic thing was heartbreaking when he d- deleted the app uh because of the reaction of the pick he took. Um but also, like, there's nothing worse than the first person not banging on other people's doors, calling a team meeting. I mean, come on, oh, man. Yeah. Let people sleep. Like, just because you get up at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning or whatever it is doesn't mean everybody else has to. You know what I mean? Like, don't be well, that What guy. do you think it means, though, that clearly Cyborg has been completely unsuccessful with doing any sort of team meeting thing? But Cliff kind of actually does it like he does get everybody together. He does get everybody to sit down and talk. So does that, if anything, mean anything for the future? Yeah, I think Cliff is sort of the center of the team. And even though he's not a great leader, he's sort of who people look to. He's like the man of the people, um, I think. If Cyborg's too, like, no one really trusts him uh, enough, I think, to really, like, get what's happening because he's such a highfalutin superhero. And uh, were you guys, like, heartbroken when the mom was kind of like, oh, we don't have to tell dad everything? I mean, that's the lesson they're putting out there. It's like, hey, let's keep dads in the dark. You know what I mean? Like, you guys, like, kind of heartbroken uh, by that? Or? I love in the dark. I love being in the dark. <laughs> I was raised in the dark. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, I mean, the thing is, I think that, to me, is signaling more yeah, we don't tell all of the truth here in our family, so watch out because your dad's not telling you the whole truth even now about the parental mode being loosened up. And also, Santa isn't real good. All right, I think the last person we need to talk about here, though, is Jane. She is the final flashback. Like the Well, let's others. not forget Cliff. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I guess we could talk about Cliff if we really want to. He is part yeah. of the Rashomon. Would you? Would yes, your Would your is. mommy ever forget one of her favorite children, like me or you? A mommy never forgets. I always say. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, poor guy was just trying to enjoy some toast, man. You know. Well, hold on, hold on. We're not there yet because we do need to talk about Jane. Jane does come before Cliff. Uh, we get to see a little bit more. We talked about the hand that popped out of the puzzle pieces, and here we seem to see the less meaty man. Would you say, Justin? Yeah, I didn't, that hand. I didn't get a, he's a less meatier than I thought. As if you remember, I called it a Gronk hand, a Rob Gronkowski mm, yeah. hand. Oh yeah, that whole bit that you went it's on. It's not about. a bit, that's an observation. 
Uh, no, he, that's reality. That's reality, Pete. All right, we don't do bits on this program. We just lay it down and we keep it real. Can't you be real? What? Pete? Can't you be? If we're this is therapy. We're having therapy. Oh, therapy. 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 And you need to be real. Be. We always real. start every episode of the Doom Room like this. You're here in the Doom Room. Leave your preconceptions outside and keep it real inside. That's the opening Ooh, yeah. of every episode. Ooh, and we yeah. also charge each other $75 an hour for this. It's right. outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worth every penny. So, yes, we do find a little bit more. We see Jane as a baby being ignored by her dad. That clearly is tied into her issues with the chief. She's painting a painting of the chief with bastard written over it uh and she seems to be losing it just like everybody else as you mentioned cliff is really trying to eat toast and it's just not working um but a uh, lot of the yeah go ahead B. i just want to go back to the painting that's my favorite part about painting something when you're done with it and then you just punch through the canvas it's really <laughs> one of my favorite pastimes if you don't uh participate in punch painting you really should treat yourself you're such and a I difficult mention, artist and I, we uh, we went to the Louvre together on vacation, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> like, yeah. absolute nightmare. The Mona Lisa stopped smiling after you guys were in town. Yeah, she was like, huh? mm. Does that work on an audio podcast? I'm not 100% that sure. That noise did correspond either. to the face you made, if I may. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> now, Pete, uh, Cliff does flow pretty seamlessly out of that. You want to talk about the stuff going on with him? Well, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's nice to see Cliff proactive being like, hey, we need to talk as a group. You know, I can't be the only one going through shit here. Like, let's let it out. And sure, he's a little too overexcited in the therapy, um, you know, kind of really jumps the gun on a bunch of things. But man, uh, he's into it. Also, like, <laughs> like as soon as like somebody was, uh, I think it was Jane was like opening up. He was like lame. Oh, just oh man, you're you completely know. skipping over the part though where he confronts Bump. It turns out to be a hallucination caused by Admiral Whiskers, of course. Yeah. Uh, but Bump, at least in his human hallucination, seems to be on the outs. His life was ruined. It's not exactly what Cliff thinks it is from Face All. There's the very funny, very raunchy ride where Bump says to him, "You're probably neck deep in robot pussy," I mean, which made me laugh out loud. Very yeah. funny. Very funny. Fun stuff. Pete, you've been to um, a robot orgy. Uh, no, no, I haven't. Um, it would that would be a weird thing if it, you know you hadn't seen somebody in a while, and you know they were nice enough since you died mm-hmm. to take care of their kid, and they were probably like, oh, whatever, you're off, you know, getting all now, that. I have a quick question, Pete. If you've never been to a robot orgy, why are you wearing that T-shirt right now that says "Robot Orgy"? Get your nuts off before you bolt. <laughs> oh, wow. oh wow i uh i don't know how long you worked on that beforehand but i guess here's, God, here's the more terrifying like solid week here's the a more terrifying week. part i think he just thought it right now <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's scarier when it does come off the dome mm-hmm. yeah now i'm feeling like we're gonna have to make that shirt but i guess we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see yeah 
Definitely, if you astute listeners will hear Alex typing out a note to remind him to make that T-shirt. Well, you can't just make T-shirt. You got to. At least one listener has to reach out and request it. Otherwise, it can't happen. No, that's not how it works. (laughs) They're just in the store, and then one person has to buy it. That legitimizes. It's a little relaxing activity. I like to call wasting my time. (laughs) Also, Pete, when did you establish such a high bar for making a T-shirt? Do you know how many t-shirts there are out there and the absolute no bar there is to make a t-shirt? I think you just got to have a love for the shirt and that's it. Therapeute. Mm. That's a t-shirt. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Uh, and then finally, we do actually get to the therapy session, which we've already talked about in bits and pieces. Uh, but like I said earlier, I thought it was great. I love the dynamic here. I loved everybody actually being honest. Cliff is being driven rat crazy. Uh, but uh, we don't know that yet. So getting to see him sort of lash out at everybody, like Pete was mentioning, is very fun. Just overall, really good episode, really sad episode. But uh, I had a good time watching this one. Also, uh, as much as I hate on LT, I got to give it to him. His line about the bandages ruining uh, uh, his nuance was really funny. I mean, that was a good joke where he was like, uh, he tried to make a joke and then he blamed it on the bandages. It was really good. A couple things. I feel like it was interesting that the light being was sort of hanging around more as like a hero vibe. Earlier on in the Mm -hmm. episode in the Jane section, the light being's just like, hey, something up. I'm here to help. So that feels new, um, Light being definitely becoming part of the team across the board. And um, the line um, uh, about Larry that Cliff says about going to make up with your flowers, I thought was Mm -hmm. fun because, as we established earlier, busting balls is therapy. And Uh, speaking of which, one of the harshest things that happens in the therapy session, which really does get to one of the central relationships of the season so far, is when Cliff really pushes Jane to say something, and she straight up tells him, you'll never be a father because you can't be a man. And it's just, it gets you right there, but... It, it also really pushes in on how desperately Cliff wants to connect with Jane as his new surrogate daughter and how much Jane doesn't want that, probably for pretty clear reasons, given the flashback that we saw. She clearly has some sort of terrible relationship with her dad that we don't know everything about as of yet. Well, and and he, uh, I disagree. It's he her pretty hard, too, is saying, I'm the only one that can stand you and I only uh, yeah. like one sixty fourth of you. Like they are yeah. not pulling punches with each other. Yeah, they they were shooting straight, and uh, it was one of those things where it hurt. Both of them hurt, but also she's wrong. You know what I mean? And immediately after, he was like, "I don't know why I'm said that. I'm sorry," which was nice. But you know, you can be a, a brain in a uh, in a tin can and still be a man. You know what I mean? I really one hundred percent know what you mean. Well, what would you say defines other... a man then? Pete? <laughs> I think it's the want and the desire to be something that can drive you towards your goal you know what i mean who, who are we to say that you know a brain in a can can't be a man would you say that as by that definition it... then i think my dog is a man because he wants to <laughs> eat poop and also does eat poop here's what well, i think you he's need. living I think the you, dream i think you still need cojones you know what i'm talking about like you can be a brain in a jar you're not a man you need to be a brain and cojones in a jar right pete Back well, you, here, you just need to Come get on, another Pete. jar by that uh, really weird philosophy. A second jar? Yeah, you just got to <laughs> you know strap another jar on. Nothing Where am I supposed to find all of these jars? 
Wait a second. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Bliss. So wait, you're a brain in a jar, and then next to that jar, you have a separate, just floating set of balls, and that makes you a man. They're not connected. Well, that's what they're not. Zalvin saying. No, I think they need to be in the same jar so they're relating to each other. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Come on, Pete, back me up here, Pete. <laughs> you guys are bros all day. Yep, absolutely. They're going now, to trips to the to, to the... France, to the Louvre, and talking about jar balls. Trying to get that <laughs> slow clap going like Cliff was doing. Mm. Jar balls. Before that was we your wrap that's up your here. name of your bowling team. Right? Jar balls. <laughs> uh, wait, before we put a cap yes. on this, before we cap this uh, brain ball jar, um, I I think every all the, Rita and uh, LT and Cyborg had nice breakthrough moments here. Um, with admitting, uh, Rita talks about, she says she did something horrible, doesn't say what. Her legs appear. Uh, Larry says he's not going to, um, he's not gonna, he's done with self-loathing. And then Cyborg comes clean about killing his mom and doubting his father. Oh, that was, that was an unbelievable line by Vic. Just like, there was like a bunch of stuff going on and he was like, I killed my mom. And that was like, wow, that's a, that's a heck of an opener. But Cliff had a great line where he was like, Rita, you talked your legs into being legs again. Um, so like, you know, showing the proof of how therapy can help and work, um, and well, and it was I, really I think cool. Also, the idea of this episode, not to interrupt Pete, but I think getting to what Justin was talking about and what you're talking about, the idea here is owning your pain and owning your mistakes so that you can move forward. You're not able to heal. You're not able to grow as a person before you come out and be like, I messed up in this way. And I think the Rita thing points to that in particular, where it's not about her being like, I'm strong. I'm I'm Rita Farr. I'm this incredible woman. When she admits that she did something terrible, that's when her legs come back. Yeah. But uh, so we have that, the, that those three pieces of the team starting to really move, make good moves here. And then you've got, Jane, who is not, she brings out the painting, sort of casting suspicion on this group in general that they're headed for disaster because of what the the hangman's daughter painted. And then Cliff, granted, he's rat crazy, but he's just throwing bombs at everybody. So like, yeah, he is. But I I think it's one of those things where Jane came out with that painting and nobody talked about her brush work. I mean, there was some really uh, great work that she put in there. And, you know, it's it's got to feel hard when you share like that to the group and, uh, you know, nobody's. But let me say, I felt uncomfortable weighing in because it hadn't been punched yet. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so we know it's not finished. finished. I don't want to weigh in yeah, on a yeah. half-completed <laughs> masterpiece. That's true. That's a good. Absolutely, point. couldn't agree more. Uh, before we wrap up here, though, why don't we decide who was most doomed this episode, Pete? Who was most doomed? Uh, Admiral Whiskers. I feel like his uh, is not his be mommy. In trouble. Uh, well, obviously his mom, but I don't want to talk about Admiral Whiskers' mom, you know, otherwise he'll come after you and try to fuck your brain. But I think it's one of those things where, um, uh, his, you know, Mr. Nobody was kind of lifting him up a little bit, but you could tell by Mr. Nobody's scoffs that he doesn't really care about Admiral Whiskers. So I'm a little worried about his future. Quick question, Pete. Do you want me to make a shirt to, uh, uh, don't come after my mommy or I'll fuck your brain? No, no, I don't. You could put put half on the front and half on the back. Don't take my (laughs) shit out of context, all right? That was in context. That was straight in context. (laughs) You just just said it. (laughs) No need to worry about context. What about you? Who was most doomed this episode? I mean, Cliff. Cliff is not facing. He he 
feels like he was the most sort of capable for a while in this series so far and in this episode he's the most behind it's he got rat tattooing it's not his fault don't put that on well but that certainly makes him dude because he had a rat chewing his brain the entire time so we don't know what's gonna happen to him going into is the there anything episode. more doomed than having a rat in your brain no oh. mm-hmm. and what about that guy from ratatouille he died right yeah what yeah uh, that's the end of ratatouille is they have this intense close-up of the food critic, and then it cuts, and you see Raimi, the guy, is dead. Uh, yeah, plague. Mm-hmm. Died of plague. Black plague. Pretty terrible. So did the whole I... <laughs> In terms of doomed, just to choose somebody different, I'll say maybe Rita. Uh, I think she is doing better here, but she still has a lot of secrets that are going on that seem pretty bad in the background that we have to find out about. So as she makes more forward progress, I expect... That she'll be going backwards as well. Uh, but you and all of us will be going forward together. And if you'd like to support oh, us, patreon.com nice. slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to chat with you about Doom Patrol. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Because I got to get to dinner with my mommy. Pete, why don't you get on giving that piece of advice? Uh, brush your teeth, process your grief. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's almost a, a bit of a poem there. Uh, sorry, Alex, you're doing stovetop with mommy at six because I'm doing stovetop with <laughs> yeah, mommy I'll, at Yeah, I'll tell her to head over, I'll head her, tell her to head over your way afterwards. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.